Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast, a member of the Charisma Podcast Network and the Edify Podcast Network. This is episode 45. Hopefully you checked out last week's episode with Michael Lombardo. We had a great conversation talking about the glory of God and talking about how we can discover our full inheritance we have as children of God. I would like to encourage you to check out the articles I write for Charisma Magazine. You can go to charismamag.com and you can do a search for author. Just search for Tim Ferrara and you can see the articles I've written. I write two a month. If you're looking for exclusive content based on this podcast, you can go to the Facebook group Everyday Discernment Podcast Community. In there, I post exclusive content such as new interviews that I've scheduled, as well as a place to discuss these episodes. So check it out. And for today, I have Chris Ullery on. He's a Christian content creator. We met on TikTok of all places, and he has quickly become a friend of mine. And so I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation today. Here we go. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. My guest today is Chris Ollery. He is a husband, a father. He lives in Georgia with his family. He's also a Christian influencer on TikTok, an ex-wrestling superstar, and is the destroyer of kids lingo, which if you, that's an inside joke if you're on TikTok. So Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? Tim, I'm good, man. I, first of all, I just really appreciate the opportunity just to speak with you. Uh, it really means a lot. And it's an honor and a privilege for me, so I appreciate it. I don't know how much of a wrestling superstar I was. <laughs> but hey, no no one will probably be able to say any different, so own it and just say you were, and, and we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, anything you'd like to share. Yeah, man. So like you said, my name is Chris Ollery. Um, I've been married to my wife, who is an amazing woman. for um, It'll be 18 years this year, believe it or not. Awesome. Um, been a real blessing, not a lot of ups and downs, but man, really teaches you a lot about life. Um, yeah. conditional love, you know, really learning that a lot through marriage. Um, and then we have three kids, uh, boy, girl, boy, Cameron is my oldest. He is, uh, 16. He'll be 17 actually at the end of this month. Uh, cadence, she is 15 and Caleb, he is 14. So stair steps, you know, Yeah. again, man, so much that I've learned that God has taught me honestly through being a dad especially yeah. so much that i have learned and still need to learn <laughs> yeah. that makes sense um so much to tell about that but yeah so you know my christian journey different than probably a lot of other people i've never really been drawn to uh things like drinking or drugs or any of that personally um i saw a lot of drinking when i was younger uh with my family you know on both uh, on my uh, mainly my mom's side really so I saw that life and I don't know if that really pushed me away. I'm sure it helped, you know, yeah. um, but I've just never really been drawn to that. It's not my advice. Now, it's not to say that I don't struggle in other areas because absolutely I do, you know, um, mm -hmm. but that's just not me. So whenever I was like probably 11 years old growing up in Ohio, I live in Georgia now, but uh, when I was in Ohio, my sister started actually going to church with her friends and she, uh, you know, she started going and then I eventually started going with her. And then eventually our whole family was in the church and it was great, uh, really, really involved. I was on a Bible quiz team, probably the worst Bible quizzer of all time. <laughs> I just didn't read, you know, as a kid, I just, mm -hmm. it, it's never really been a, a big thing for me to read, but still learning a lot, even though I, you know, just listening and being a part of that praise yeah. team, all that kind of stuff. I had a, an incredible opportunity when I was probably 12 or 13 to go to a mission trip in Mexico. Hmm. Um, like you see on TV, third world country type. These people literally lived in four wooden posts with sheets wrapped around it. You know, that was their homes, yeah. community water spigots, all those kinds of things really changed my life, to be honest with you, because, you know, we sit here and worry about our next pair of new shoes or, <laughs> you know, the next new iPhone, even right. though that wasn't a thing back then, but still, yeah. you know, the newest electronic gadget, whatever, these people literally have nothing next to nothing. Yeah. And the most kind hearted, just superb people you will ever meet sincerely yeah. really will share anything that they have. It's incredible how that works and how wow. I feel like God works through that. Amazing, man. Really humbles you and yeah. brings you back to reality, you know? 
so yeah, that was where my Christian journey really started. Cool, man. And so just by your sister inviting you to church, it kind of opened up a whole world of, and, and the fact you got involved was cool because you weren't just like attending and leaving, but you know, you got involved and then there was just one, you had a conversion night during a, a service, right? And, and that kind of propelled you into uh, a deepening of your walk. And so since you become, you know, through adulthood now, what is, how has God led you on uh, this journey of growing in him? Oh man, so many different ways. Like I told you, being a, being a husband, number one, I mean, yeah. two, four, you know, two people becoming one, that's a pretty incredible thing, but something I've always taken very serious, really thankful to be able to say that we've stayed together as long as we have, because sadly, as you know, uh, most people end in divorce these days. And, and a lot of people do, you know, I say the most, meaning the majority, I think yeah. it's over 50% of marriages yeah. or something like that. That, that yeah, Even up. in Christian, even in the church too. Yes. Even in, and so really thankful for that. And of course, here's the thing. I try not to, I don't know how to put over celebrate or celebrate too early because obviously, you know, life isn't over and I'm not talking about just marriage, but like in general, being a Christian, all these things, you know, we tend to focus on the here and the now and where we are right here, right now, but life isn't over. You never know what might change in the near future. So I'm just thankful to be able to have learned that. Um, and like I said, being a dad, let me give you a great story, quick story about yeah. my son when he was young, my youngest, Caleb. I was so mad and still very young, by the way, too. Not that I don't get mad anymore because I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all do. Yeah, I think we can all relate as dads. He, yes. He was probably three years old and had a, uh, a, a glass of something, maybe milk or something mm-hmm. or water, I think it was. And he had spilled it. Um, and I was just not having a good day and I went off on him. I remember this like it was yesterday and Kelly, my wife, she looked at me like, you need to calm down type, you know? And I was like, I don't care. This is ridiculous. And literally within two minutes. So I finally calmed down. I'm sitting down. I reach for my drink and guess what happens? I spill my drink (laughs) in that moment, man. I, you talk about discernment. Oh man. I heard God loud and clear in that moment. Like you need to check yourself, you know? Yeah. And I, I picked him up and I held him and apologized. And, oh man, it, it really broke my heart. But at the same time, again, talk about humble, man, humbling. And it was, it was so good. I love when God does those sorts of things, you know, he really moves and shows himself in that. Yeah. And just all the parallels between our heavenly father and having grace and love for us, even if we don't deserve it and we mess up all the times. And then we look at our kids and we're like, oh, I can't have love for you in this moment. And we remember God has love for us all the time, even when we mess up. And it's such a reminder and so many good parenting lessons, you know, relating to our heavenly father. So you're on TikTok and you have over 55,000 followers at the time of this recording. Which, you know, I say because you and I were close. <laughs> I was above you for a while there around 20. And, you know, I wasn't like in bragging territory. And then all of a sudden you skyrocketed way above me, over doubling me. And so, you know, I, I don't have any resentment or anything. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to lay my pride down in, in front of everybody here. But it's a great, uh, a great app, a great uh, platform for, for Christians. And, and it's just cool to be on there, regardless of the number of followers you have. Yeah. Um, so what, what got you? How did you get on TikTok as, as a way to spread the gospel? I, I'm curious. That's a really good question. Um, so actually my kids, a lot of stuff that I do starts with my kids. Like I didn't even know what it was. I had heard of it, um, yeah. but I really, you know, I thought it was more like geared towards just kids. Yeah. And so I got on it. I can't remember exactly the first thing I did, but started maybe watching some videos. And then somehow um, just based on, I guess, you know, my likes and interest, um, I made it to Christian TikTok and I was like, oh, wow. So there's <laughs> yeah. a really good avenue here to, to be able to to spread the word. And so slowly, but surely I started doing that and actually got off of there. Um, because I, I was like, how do you even get people to see your stuff was what I was thinking. Yeah. And I, most of my videos weren't really going many, you know, it wasn't getting a lot of views and all that. And so one day I had stopped actually doing TikTok, And, um, my youngest son told me that one of the videos that I did, um, had reached, I think it was like 15,000 views. I was like, what, you know, (laughs) like blown away at the time. I was like, wow, that's incredible. Like what happened? And so that's exciting, obviously. And, uh, it just kept growing and it's been crazy, man. But the lingo videos, I told somebody else, I kind of regret honestly doing them in a way because here's the thing, Tim, I love to grow obviously my channel, 
but I also don't want to do it just by, um, you know, things that don't have to do with God, because my heart is, that's the whole reason I got onto TikTok. I mean, my name for peace sakes, live for Christ. Right. Yeah. So I don't want to get ever too far. I love to joke around. That's my personality and I, my kids' personality. I think that's why they really took off my yeah. kids and their reactions and everything. But, and I love doing those things, but I don't want to just be known for that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and just, just to put that in context, you had some videos called Destroying the Kids Lingo, which I mentioned at the beginning. And those were just fun riffs on uh, current, uh, the way kids are talking today, uh, words I've never heard of, you know, cause I'm not in the kids lingo and I'm like, what are these words you're speaking? Yes. And they were funny videos, but that definitely, you know, you had millions of views on those things and that you got a ton of followers on those. Um, yeah. And then people are starting to drop off cause you're, 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 you're preaching the word and people are hearing that. And I think it's, I think it's cool. Uh, not that you're losing followers, but I think it's cool that, you know, you, you, you garnered this huge base and now all of a sudden they're hearing the word of God. And if they're turned off to it and they unfollow you, Hey, at least, you, yeah. at least they heard it. At least you planted the seeds and then you can say, Hey, they can't say they've not heard about Christ at this point. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. And that's similar to uh, something somebody else has recently said to me about that, which was, you know, even if you lose, cause I was steadily losing um, in the hundreds of followers at a time because, you know, they follow because of the lingo videos. And now all I'm talking about is God again. So it's like, well, I'm not interested or whatever. But like he said, even though you may lose X amount of followers, you've still gained quite a few. But I go back, man, to uh, some really good preaching that I heard. And it said something along the lines of, you know, if you basically use worldly means to gain these followers, you'll have to use worldly means to keep them. And I agree. And so hopefully, God willing, you know, some of the at least somebody might hear something that they wouldn't have heard had they not followed me. So that's the No, that's great. Cool. So let's do some rapid fire questions, get to know you a little bit. So what would you say your favorite movie of all time is? I've thought about this so much and I got to pick two in their series of movies okay. and they're old school. Okay. Yeah. Back to the future. I yep. love the back to the future series yep. and, uh, and a Rocky, the Rocky. Oh series. man. Classic. All right? 20 of them, huh? <laughs> close yeah. it's getting up there but except yeah rocky except rocky five i would say for me is Agreed. the, the stepchild and the yeah the, we don't acknowledge that in the series but the rest Agreed. are really good <laughs> and yeah, yeah back to the future classic love it yeah those are gotta be my favorites so if you could meet anyone alive or dead besides jesus who's alive who would it be oh, man that is such a difficult question um obviously <sighs> If it, and I'm, I'm breaking all your rules because if I could, I'll do one dead and one alive, if that's okay. okay. Let's do it. Uh, dead, it would have to be, honestly, for me, Job, um, just because I love that story so much. And I, I, you know, I'll stub my toe or something so small and be ready to lose everything I've ever believed in, you know, because I'm mad in the moment. Yeah. Whenever he, it's n- literally nothing compared to what he went through. So just the wisdom that I could take from him and just that godliness, you know, um, the other one alive, the greatest influence, I would say one of the greatest influences in my life without understating that is, uh, Paul Washer. Mm. I love Paul Washer so yeah. much. And I'll talk about him, you know, hopefully a little more later. Cause he's just, I've learned so much. I like to tell people, you know, most of what you hear me say, it didn't originate with me. It's from wiser men than me. And that's yeah. one of the, the biggest ones is, uh, Paul Washer. He's, tremendous I, I just so look up to him you know yeah and what god has done through him yeah whenever i listen to him you know he he doesn't provide the flamboyance he doesn't provide like the the cheerleader like you're be your best self you know and that's not what he's about he's about dying to yourself he's about just yes. the, the but he preaches that same message over and over in such a passionate way like you just can't not listen to it and not be like convicted all over again <laughs> And that's not, you know, I I know a lot of people that have listened and they just, it's not for them. And I understand that because for me though, I need that conviction. If that makes sense. I I need it. And almost every time I hear him legitimately, uh, I I am convicted and I feel like that is from God, you know, letting me know, talking about again, discernment. He's allowing me to discern that you're not where you need to be and you're not where even you used to be, you know, sometimes might be the case. So just such a, uh, such a needed thing for me. Yeah. Very cool. What about an author, a favorite author of yours or a book you'd recommend? Um, like I said, I'm not much of a reader, but, um, CS Lewis is really good. I like him a lot. A lot of the stuff that, um, I've heard that he's written. And then there is a book that I do have mere Christianity from him and it's 
very, very good so very far. Deep. So very good. <laughs> yes, very deep. Another one that I is AW Tozer. Mm. Golly, just powerful, powerful stuff. Really, really good. So I would suggest both of those. Yeah, I definitely agree. What about hobbies? What things do you like to do? Oh boy. Um, honestly, the favorite thing that I love doing more than just about anything is um, watching my kids play sports. <laughs> love doing that. My daughter plays basketball and my youngest son plays football and basketball. Um, that's a big thing. Spending time with family. Obviously, I like to play video games, different things like that. But And obviously, a big thing recently has been TikTok. Um, you know, just being able to interact with other believers, even in this age where COVID has hit and, you know, you yeah. don't have that personal interaction as much. I really love interacting with believers and non-believers, by the way, yeah. uh, on TikTok and even now in real life, you know, um, having some opportunities for that. So it's been great. Well, and, and uh, that's one of the things that kept me on TikTok is that the fact there is such a strong Christian community. And, you know, I actually was going to delete the app kind of like you were. And, and uh, you know, once you start getting into Christian TikTok and not just all the crazy videos on the regular feed, but and once you start seeing people in their heart and how they respond to you and how you can message them and all that kind of stuff, there's a, there's better connections I've made on there than any of the other social medias as far as this ministry and, and what I'm doing. And I think it's great. It's not for everyone. It's, it's, it's something you need discernment to, you know, get to the right channels quickly and, and not just get lost in the, in the feeds, but yeah. yeah, there's some, there's some great, great, uh, great people doing the work of God on there. So what are some, uh, some of the people you've uh, met on there that you maybe want to give a shout out to? Oh boy. There's so many, um, pastor Witt, uh, Josh three twelve. Charlie, there's so many. Um, Brother Peter, Jonah Saller, there's so many, man. Pastor Austin Mike, even as an atheist. Uh, yep. B. Oz, so a, a bunch of people. I could go on and on, really. Yeah. There's a awesome. lot, but it's it's really great to have that community. And by the way, Tim, you too. I am very appreciative because, like you said, I have listened to uh, to this podcast, and I look at the people that you've had on here, like, I mean millions of followers and then you have tv producers and and uh, movie actors and all these different people and then there's me i told my daughter that today and man she's this is when i love how god works too i told her that today after i picked her up from basketball i was like and then there's me and she's like well god uses the least of these right and i was like man <laughs> that's beautiful so that makes me want to cry really but oh man really good you know really good so well, hey, we're all here, but but for the grace of God, go I is my motto. And, uh, you know, I'm not better than anyone and you're not better. Than, we're, we're worse than anyone. Yeah. We're all yes. pursuing God. And that's how we have to stay humble and keep that in mind. So, Amen. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Cool, man. So uh, we're going to move on to the two questions I ask all my guests, the time you had godly discernment in your life and a time you did not and kind of what you learned from it. So whichever one of those two you want to kick us off with. Um, I'll start out with uh, one I didn't. That's okay. Sure. The one I didn't was um, on TikTok. Again, I know we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, it's been crazy how much that's been a part of life recently, uh, especially the last couple of years even. Um, but you, you mentioned I was a wrestler, right? Yeah. Well, um, there was a day that the atheist, and this is early on in the dealing with atheists and things on, on there. And some of them I really didn't like just from their uh, initial content that I came across. Um, and then they started going after me, I guess, because I started slowly developing a following or whatever the case was, which is fine. But that one day it hit me really bad. And I lit, I feel like I cut a wrestling promo on one of the guys and it was, <laughs> it was absolutely to hurt him. Not, not out of love. And I knew it. Yeah. I knew it was. Um, and I was wrong, man. I was really wrong. And I posted it and felt at the time it felt like, yeah, take that type of thing. And then, you know, after the course of probably, I think it was up maybe a day, maybe two days or something. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm really wrong for that, you know? And, uh, so I really didn't have godly discernment there. I ended up having to take it down and even issue an apology, even though it felt like eating crow, you know, yeah, so to speak. But I knew that was necessary. And, and especially, again, the name alone, live for Christ, for Pete's sakes. And that's what you're going to do. You know, that's yeah. 
I, I never want to forget who it is that I say that I represent because people really do watch you. Um, and that's very, very important to me to remember. So that was a, a pretty recent one. And there's a lot I could talk about about that, by the way, yeah. because again, every day is a struggle. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're people. We're very weak, sad, pitiful excuses of people yeah. by a great merciful God, like you say. And so yeah. it's very, very true. That's why I call it everyday discernment. We need it every day. We need God every day. We need to uh, make decisions that are honoring God every day. And, uh, you know, you had the you had the discernment to take it back, which is, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have posted to begin with, but you still took it back and you still made up for it. And that's the best we can do when we say something or, or you know, when you type those emails that you never should have hit send on and then you do and then. Well, what do you do? Do you just ignore it? Do you try to make amends? Do you say you're sorry? You know, put yourself out there and try to try to make the best of it. And, you know, obviously have discernment before you say something or post something. And I tell my son, once you say something, you can never take the words. You can't put them back in your mouth. You can try to make amends for it. But a lot of times the damage is already done. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's the chapter in my book and having discernment with our words is so important because Absolutely. our word, there's power in, in, in death and in, in the tongue. And like the Bible says, and social media is just a, an extension of, of what we say in our tongue. It's, it's, it's another form of it uh, and how we can build up or tear down. And even if you're not just if you're an influencer on, online, but even if you're just uh, posting to your friends, or if you're commenting, you know, people love to be trolls because it's anonymous and they can just say whatever they want. Well, I think the rules still apply. If you're just an anonymous commenter online is to build up and not tear down. And, uh, that's a, a reminder we all have to do because there is that urge to just kind of say what's on, say whatever you want, no matter who it, who it destroys. And there's a difference between saying what's true and saying what's just going to be hurtful despite somebody. Um, you know, we should not hold back from the truth, but we should also say it mixed with love. Amen. Very well said, Tim. Couldn't have said it better, man. Awesome. <laughs> what about the time you had godly discernment? What did that look like? So that kind of goes back to uh, my story of my Christian walk. I told you about Paul Washer. The first time, it's kind of a lengthy story. So uh, bear with me. Sure. But so when I was roughly 13, 14, uh, before I moved to, to Georgia, um, I was still in Ohio and two, two men came from North Carolina to Ohio to uh, one to preach and one to lead worship really hit it off with both, but especially the worship leader gave me a uh, small Bible that I had until up until recently, even, you know, I'm 35. So I've had it for some years, yeah. really meant a lot. The preacher though, he really struck me because he, I, he put something in a way that I had never heard. He said, you've heard it said, why do bad things happen to good people? He said, I'm going to ask you, why do good things happen to bad people? Mm -hmm. And then he went into um, you know, how man is evil and God alone is good and all these things in a way that I've not really heard before thought, but not terribly harsh, but reality, you know, re right. very real and very honest. And so that hit me. But again, going through life, I was still very young. I understood it, but I didn't fully understand it. Still don't fully understand a lot of things. Right. Yeah. But um, but growing. And so fast forward to when I was 21 years old, uh, lived in Georgia here with my wife and my, uh, my young kids. And I was on YouTube, the early days of YouTube, it was different back then, but still had the sidebar where you, you know, you're scrolling and you start out with one topic you end completely different spectrum. Right. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. looking for really Christian videos. I, I, I hit a couple of them and that's when I saw on the right side, it said shocking youth message stuns hearers. And that was the name of the title of his, uh, the first time I've never heard of Paul Washer, didn't know who he was. But I click on it because clickbait, right? That's yeah. oh, what did he say? You know, that's what I was thinking. What did he say? And so within the first 10 minutes, you hear what he says. And I'll give you a reference for a timeline. One of the things he says was, uh, you know, being this life is not about uh, being like Britney Spears. She was popular <laughs> at the time, yeah. but to be like Jesus Christ and everybody in the auditorium. I think it was like 5000 youth. This is a youth rally starts yeah. clapping and cheering. And then he waits for him to finish. And then he says, I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Mm. And you talk about an attention getter. And you yeah. didn't hear a peep from the crowd the rest of the time. But he goes on because that sounds harsh alone. Right. But yeah. he goes on to say, I'm not trying to be harsh for the sake of being harsh. He's like, I want you to know God. I want you to love God and know that you are sinner. You are fallen. You need a savior. Right. And so his whole point throughout the whole message was to show you. Man really is fallen because I think a lot of people, Tim, look at life as though man is pretty much good and God 
well, he's, he's okay, but he's, you know, there's a lot of different perspectives on God out there. Some yeah. think he's cruel and yeah. just up there in heaven, just burning us with a magnifying glass for fun <laughs> to watch right. a storm, right? But the reality is he alone is good. We all are evil. The problem is, and this is one of the things he says in it, and I agree to this day. He says we compare ourselves by ourselves. And by that comparison, not only are we not bad or evil, but we're good because, hey, I'm not like Hitler. Hey, I'm not like Jeffrey Dahmer, somebody truly evil, quote unquote. Right. right? But we really are, because the problem is we're not going to be compared to that. We're going to be compared to Scripture and what it says about God and what it says about Christ. And by that comparison, Jesus came and he took it even a step further than the old law. He said, not only your actions, but your thoughts. How's your thought life? And that will cut you where it should. Yeah. And you said what your motto was earlier. And I love that. My life motto, like you mentioned already, is die to yourself. Yeah. Not that I do it perfectly, by the way. But man, it's an everyday thing. And you, you win and you lose. But ultimately, the beautiful part about it all is we don't have, we're not going to go to heaven based on our work or our merits, but on the work and the merit of Jesus Christ. That's good. And so, so hearing that message, it allowed you to have a better perspective on our humanity and what God has done for us, but also, and correct me if I'm wrong, in, in the level of discernment, it allowed you to not compare yourself as much to other people. And, and like you're saying, you know, well, I'm not as bad as that person. That's what the Pharisees did, right? Well, at least I don't pray like that, or at least I don't do this. And that's something that I think, uh, you know, we're all guilty of. I've done that before is we look at someone else and say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm much yeah. more further along instead of saying sin is sin. And we have these levels of sin, but it's all a debt to God. He doesn't look at the price of the debt. He just says, I paid it. And so I think that's that's so important. And how does that affect your decision making today as a Christian when you remember the, the work of the cross that was done for you? Oh, man. Here's the thing, Tim. So much of it, as you know, happens in our thought life. Right. Yeah. And it's so critical. And this is why on TikTok, a lot of the times I'm talking about, you know, you have to have a real relationship with God's word. And I say that again, while I don't do it perfectly either. I told you I'm not a big reader necessarily. I love listening to preaching and different messages and things like that. I'm just not big on reading. I make myself, don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. Um, and when I do, it's funny. It's it's amazing. I love doing it when I'm doing it. It's just a fact of doing it. Yeah. So you have to have that thought life because it really does begin in the mind. It's a process, right? And just like uh, you mentioned about the tongue earlier and James, and that's such a beautiful picture. He mentions about it's a small spark that starts the the forest fire, right? Yeah. And uh, the, the small rudder in the back of the ship steers the entire ship. All that is so true. And not right. just with your words, but with your, with even your thoughts. Yeah. And so that is where it starts. And if we don't have a real relationship and a real focus on Christ and what he's already done and on scripture and the fact that we are fallen, this is where it goes back to, I need that conviction. Yeah. I yeah. need it constantly because again, I am still here on this side of heaven and I am still fighting my flesh every day, every moment of every day, Tim. Yeah. There have been times and maybe somebody can relate with this. I don't know. Maybe you can't. But there have been times where in one hour, I feel like I'm really close with God. And the next hour, I'm not yeah. like yeah. it's complete opposite. It's changing that mm -hmm. that much. And so if our mind, if we're not careful Man, our minds can go any which way if we're, if we're not very, very cautious of that. Yeah, it's just like Paul said. You know, I don't do what I should do, and I do what I don't, I shouldn't do. You know, it's like it's <laughs> yes. this wicked man that I am. You know, who will who will uh, you know come and rescue me? And then Jesus, you know, he's paid paid the price, like we're talking about it. But it is a daily is something we have to, you know, hold on to. And the debt that's been paid is is kind of like a weight that has fallen off of us. But we have the free will to pick up that weight again. You know, yeah. we have that free will. It's like in the gym, you know, you have these heavy things and you put them down, but we can pick them up again if we want. And then now we have that burden again on us. And so we have to remember to just die to self daily. And, and, and uh, that's such a good word. So, yeah. So as you were talking about, you know, why do bad things happen to good people and that kind of stuff, you know, you've had some trials and hardships uh, you faced recently. And, and we've talked about this and, and you were willing to share it because I think it will help people who are going through trials and hardships. And, and how do you have discernment in trials, in hardship, when it feels like all is lost, when it feels like God is far away? 
how do you hold on to your faith instead of abandoning it? Because a lot of people have one or the two, one or the other option and, yeah. and you've held on to your faith in, in the midst of trial. And I'll just let you speak about that a little bit. Yeah. Thank you uh, again. Great question. And again, I have to say, I, I just want to be very careful not to make myself look like something super, you know, like I'm up on some pedestal because I, I don't have it all figured out either. Um, there are days where it's very, very difficult. There are days where I flat out fail. Yeah. Um, but thank God it's a process. I like to use the analogy and, you, you know, if you're just listening to this on a podcast, you won't be able to see it. But I look at life as a line graph. It's not just one steady, straight up, you know, making your way to godliness and, and yeah. perfect harmony. You're going to have your ups and your downs, your hills and your valleys. But over the course of your life, you will see that it is trending. Even though you have your ups, your ups and downs, it is trending towards God because he ultimately is the one doing it. If, in fact, you're his and a lot of people say that they are, but you don't see any fruit. And I'm not talking about a little. You might see one or two things, but I'm talking about just like the tree analogy that Jesus yeah. talked about, right? Good trees bear good fruit. Bad trees bear bad fruit. It's not to say that you don't have one or two good apples on a bad apple tree. You will. But overall, that overall picture is that's a bad tree because it has a lot of bad fruit yeah. and vice versa, right? And so... As far as that goes, First Thessalonians, man, five sixteen through eighteen is always very powerful to me. Um, just to remember to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks. Right, yeah. and because that's literally God's will. Now, notice, notice right there, rejoice always, not just when things are good, not just whenever things are going your way, or it's Friday and it's the weekend. Yeah, it's easy to rejoice then. Are yeah. you rejoicing Monday morning when you have a long week and you know it's going to be hard? You know, those kinds of questions, they hit me. Those are the kinds of things, again, that I need. And then it goes on to pray without ceasing. Obviously, it doesn't mean to never stop praying. But, you know, just like if you have kids, I have kids. That's what I always relate to, right? Yeah. They're constantly on their phone, right? That doesn't mean they never get off of their phone. It just means a lot of the time I'll see them, they're on their phone. Yeah. And so similarly to that, Pray without ceasing. Pray constantly throughout the course of your day, not just before bed, not just before meals, which are important, by the way, yeah. but constantly be in prayer. And then again, lastly, in everything, give thanks. And I love how that's worded because it doesn't, again, say just whenever things are going your way or when, you know, you finally got that promotion or you're getting that house or car, whatever, but in everything, even whenever things are tough. So yeah. those are things, for example, with me. You know, you mentioned that we've gone through hardships, man. Right now, uh, just to share with everybody, we live uh, with my mother and father-in-law. And thank God for them, by the way, because they didn't have to take us in. Me, my wife, and my three kids, along with them, uh, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and uh, sister-in-law. Yeah. So eight people, you know. So I'm grateful for that. And there are times, Tim, where I cry mm. because it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. But then I remember Job. That's why I mentioned him. Yeah. I remember Job losing 10 kids. I mean, I can't, I, I want to tear up just talking about it because it's yeah. very real, you know? So it's very easy to get in that poor me attitude really, really is. And again, yeah. back to your thoughts, man, your thoughts really will steer whichever direction you're going to go. Your perspective matters. And so when I see last to tie it up, uh, when I see and everything give thanks, it's hard to be ungrateful when you're thankful, right? Yes, Meaning, exactly. When you're focused on the thing, yeah, I may not have our house, but thank God we have our mother and father-in-law that took us in. Yeah. We may not have our own space and everything or whatever like we want, but thank God we're not homeless, you know, and all yeah. these other things that we constantly overlook, like yeah. reminding me again of Mexico. So I could go on and on about that, but yeah. No, that's okay. great. And, and that's why the Bible says to take every thought captive because it's so important because our, it can be a thought snowball. You think of a snowball at the top of a mountain. If you don't stop that snowball before it gains momentum, it can crash into whatever's in front of it. And so the same thing with our thoughts, if we don't take them captive when they start and, and rebuke the negative thoughts and and remind ourselves of the goodness of God, then we can just get into this depression. And I even wrote a blog and you said Hills and Valleys. I wrote a blog called that Hills and Valleys. Yeah. And it was so, it was so much about that is that not every day is a Friday as a Christian. It doesn't mean we'll not have hardships. It doesn't mean that, you know, we won't be sad and depressed and it doesn't yeah. mean you're a bad Christian. It just means that we're going through this sinful life as, as a journey. 
And uh, I also thought one of the very first blogs I wrote was called Treasure in Heaven. And it, it, you talked about the line graph. And, you know, I said our, our, our walk is more like a stock market climb of a, of a stock. You know, it's, it's constantly going up, but there's these little movements of like yeah. a really good day and then a crash and then back up and then down. And we know we're investing in Jesus, which is going to pay off in the long run in eternity and pays off today. But yep. there's going to be good and poor days, but we have to just keep, we don't want to pull out of that investment and sell our stocks. We want to stay in the stock, you know, stay in the, the Jesus market and, and uh, it's going to pay off in eternity. And, and he gives us that strength today as well uh, if yeah. we rely on him and, and the Holy Spirit within us. So it's, it's like Paul said, um, you know, to finish the race, to finish yeah. strong. And you're talking about working out, you know. It's so easy to start something, but it's not always as easy to finish. Oh, yeah. You get these grand ideas. For example, new year, right? New year, new me. I'm going to do this <laughs> and do that. And how many of those actually last, right? Yeah. Not many. Right. And point being, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to think. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But are you actually? And that's where my heart is, Tim, is people that say that they're saved. Okay, that's great. I, I love that. Now, are you really? Because it is to me. The greatest tool that the devil has in his quiver, if you will, would be to convince somebody that they're saved when they're really not. Yeah. What better way to lead somebody into hell? Because remember, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell, not just those angry people, but also those that weep. Yeah. And that's a terrifying thought to me. So, And that's... That's a great segue because there's such a, uh, you know, talk about TikTok or videos. There's so many videos about, am I saved? How do you know if you're saved? Can you lose your salvation? And this is such a, honestly, it's a, it's a debated issue. It's a secondary issue. I would call it among Christianity because there's many different beliefs among, you know, Calvinism reformed and, and, uh, and the other side, but I know you're passionate about this topic. So just talk about how do you, how do you know if you're saved? How can you discern your salvation as a Christian? You know, should you worry about losing it? What is really the heart of the matter here without getting into a theology debate? What is really, what are we really talking about here? It's such a good question. And the reason, like I say, that my heart is there is because again, I think that is the best tool that the devil has. And there's so much going on and going back to Paul Washer again, you know, he talked about in that message specifically about you think because you repeat a prayer, a superstitious prayer after a man that, okay, that's it. It's like a flu shot. Oh, I did that. I'll talk <laughs> to people, Tim. And I used to be like this, by the way. I used to ask um, people in my church even, I, I don't know if I'm saved. I, I know I prayed that prayer, but, you know, you know, you yeah. know that something's not quite different. It, it, everything's the same. What? Did it actually do? And to me, if you question it, to me, that could be the uh, uh, God putting that conviction in your heart. And you better not just brush that off, because a lot of times what happens, you'll talk to a preacher or somebody that, you know, they, they, they think they know what they're talking about. And hopefully they do. Yeah. But you'll you'll talk to them and it becomes a superstition thing. Well, did you pray the prayer? Yeah. Did you mm -hmm. jump through that hoop? Yeah. OK. Mm -hmm. Did you write it in the back of the book so that anytime you question, you could just point the devil back to that? So and, and if the answer is yes, then you say, I've heard people say this to me, man, then you need to stop the devil from bothering you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not the devil. Here's here's to me what I see. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit tugging at you, letting you know as a warning, as an alarm going off that you're not right. Come back to him. And here's the beautiful part about it. So many people think you just don't know what I did or I can't come back. I just did like there's a certain amount of time you have to wait. Like you put yourself in a penalty box yeah, at least for right. a little while. Right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe eventually you'll work your way back into God's grace. Here's the thing, man. We can literally come back to him. Now, I have to be careful with this because there's always a ditch on both sides of the, the road here of the yeah, road yeah. of truth, because on one hand you think, oh, well, I can just do whatever I want and it's okay because God has me. And then on the other hand, you have those people that think you have to walk that perfect sinless life. Both of those have kernels of truth, yeah. but not quite. Mm. Because, yeah, you do need to worry about what you do. That is important, how you act and how you live. But you can also rest. And that is the word, Tim, that I have been driven to more and more. You can rest in the fact that we can't earn God's love any more than you uh, can earn your father or your mother's love. For right. example, Tim, your kids, what did they do to earn your love? Is it because they're good at basketball <laughs> or because they draw really well? No, right? Yeah. It's because they're yours. Right. And similarly, that's what I see whenever I think about God. He loves us because we're his and we're reflections, hopefully, of his son that he is molding us and shaping us into his image. 
Man, that was so good. Very good. And, you know, I think most debated issues in Christianity, there's always two extremes. And like you said, the truth is usually in the middle. And that's how I fall into a lot of these topics is that, yeah, I mean, there's, there's truth on both sides. And I think the Bible's like, you know, it's a narrow road down the middle, you know, as Jesus said, follow the narrow road. And so, and for me, it's like, you know, I, like you said, if you question your salvation, you're on the right track because you're worried about it. And if you didn't care about it, you wouldn't question it. But we also should have the confidence of our salvation to not have to worry about it. Because once we have that confidence, you know, I, I call salvation the starting point in our Christian race. And the mm-hmm. rest of it is 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 the process of sanctification. And, and we're all in different pa- paths and patterns and, you know, different levels. And some people are happy to camp out at the starting line. And I, I say, okay, but why, why there's so much, there's so much benefit to growing in the Lord, to, to knowing him in a deeper level, to have him change your life and those around you. Why would you be content to just stay at the starting line when you can, you know, have that confidence to move forward in your salvation? Yeah, man. Um, I would say one thing I really, really wanted to point out is second Corinthians, uh, chapter five, verse 21, talking about exactly what you're addressing here. One of the things it says, it says, for our sake, he made him who knew, knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Right. You remember this verse. Yeah. So that we might become the righteousness of God. We really are becoming his righteousness through what Christ did. And another thing I want to read along with that is Second Corinthians uh, chapter seven, verses nine and ten. This part really hits home for me. I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. Mm-hmm. That's my heart. That's where I am. You're not, it's not that I'm looking to hurt people just for the sake of hurting people. It's for the sake of driving you to repentance, hopefully. Yeah. And then he goes on and says, godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Mm-hmm. So it leads to that without that regret. So it ties in with what you're saying. I think perfectly because yeah, that's the starting line. And maybe that's what we do over the process of our lives over and over and over. But ultimately, again, that line graph, you have those highs and those lows, but your trend is trending towards godliness and towards that sanctification. Like you're talking about, it's him molding us and shaping us again into the image of his son, because that's ultimately why we are going, not because anything we do. How many verses do you know in scripture, Tim, that basically say, it's not because of you that I do this, but for my glory. God yeah. talking, by the way. Yeah. Man wants to make everything seemingly about him. Whenever right. the Bible, if you read it in its context, you see it's really all about him. We're, yeah. we're, we have roles, thank God, but yeah. it's all about him. Yeah. And part of that is just humbling ourselves and realizing, like you said, that we, have, we, we bring nothing to the table apart from the fact that we're accepted and loved and God can use us, but... Yes. You know, a lot of us come into the equation thinking that, you know, I'm going to do God a favor and serve him today. <laughs> right. You know, right. uh, no, you're not. He, <laughs> he doesn't need you. He could find somebody else. And in pride wants to say, no, I, I have a degree. I, I've, I've served for 10 years in church and it's oh, no, yes. no. And, and uh, you know, I think being humble is so important because then we get out of our own heads into the mind of Christ, into realizing that we have nothing apart from him. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't serve. That doesn't mean you shouldn't follow Christ and, and sit at his feet and learn from him and, and help others, disciple others. I mean, all these things are so good, but they're not in our own efforts. And like you said, like John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. We go into these Love ministries that. and these platforms. And the, the trick is, we, you know, on, on social media and stuff, we want to gain followers so more can hear about Christ, but it's, it's all pointing to him or it should. And, yes. uh, you know, my message is always pointing you back to the Bible, pointing you to Jesus. Uh, the platforms I have, I'm humbled by. I'm, I'm glad God has given me these. I don't take them lightly. And, and that has to just be a humbling instead of, I want to increase so people know my name. I didn't put my name on my blogs for six months until I finally wrote a book. And it's really hard to hide your name from a book. But, you know, I didn't want the glory and I didn't want to be able to put my even my face out there at first. And I finally got into that because, you know, of different platforms and stuff. But anyway, a long winded way to say I agree with you. (laughs) I I love what you've been doing, Tim. I think it's amazing to see in the short amount of time. Haven't you only been doing this for two years? Did you say two years total? And uh, yeah, podcast for six months. And I think. I think this podcast is really, really well structured and has a lot to offer. And I, re- like I say, I'm really humbled to just be able to be a part of it. I really appreciate it very much. 
Awesome, man. Well, last question for you. You you often get in chats with atheists online, which is uh, some civil and some heated, and it kind of just depends, as you talked about your example earlier. But um, what are some strategies you would say in talking with atheists about your faith, things that you would recommend to other Christians to do or not do? Oh, man, such a good question. Um, and again, got to preface it, I feel like every time. I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Um, but for me, number one is I'm not going to abandon the gospel. I'm not, I'm just not going to, you can say that you don't believe it. You can call for outside sources because that's a lot of times what they want. And to me, what I think their strategy is, is to get you anywhere else than scripture. Don't abandon the Bible. This is what we have. They ask for evidence. This is it. And then you want to talk about, well, that's not evidence. A book can't be evidence of itself. Well, yes, it can. Number one, because it's not just one book. It's 66 different books over the course of 1500 years by 40 plus authors yeah. uh, and during by different people, different walks of life, all these different facts surrounding scripture. And then you look at the uh, archaeology behind scripture, the things that they found that tie in with scripture exactly as it says. Don't tell me that's not evidence. And one yeah. thing I love, Vody Bauckham, I don't know if you know yeah. him, really good. He said, he gives this great analogy. He's talking about how, you know, you imagine you have you have two knights during the Renaissance period. One of them unsheaths his sword. That's scripture, right? Yeah. And the other one says, well, I don't believe in your sword. <laughs> he's like, he shows himself kind of putting the sword back because that's what Christians do a lot of times. Like, yeah. oh, well, I guess I got to prove God to you some other way. Mm. As if you can, by the way. Wow. That's good. But but he said, no, he said, take that sword out and you cut them in half, whether yeah. they believe in it or not. And what he's saying is don't lay down your sword. Sword is scripture and don't lay that down. So that wow. would be a huge thing. That's really and, good. And, and then the other thing would just be, Tim, be who God made you to be and don't try to be the cool Christian, quote unquote. Yeah, because I see that a lot, too. Like, yeah, I know talks about this, but I really don't believe that part. So you're trying to almost fit in with them. Yeah, you know, yeah. to make them accept you. What I find even now is even though atheists a lot of times very vehemently disagree with me, they respect me because they see that I'm not going to go away from it. And I think they see hopefully that this is real to me, even if they don't believe it, they see yeah, that I'm yeah. different. I've had people tell me that anyway. So I'm grateful for that. And I hope that God uses it in some small way, at least. Yeah. And that's good because at the end of the day, all we can do is plant seeds. We can tell people about the hope that lies within us. And we have to let the Holy Spirit do the work because it's not our job to save people. It's our job to Amen. let them know about Jesus. And that points them to Jesus. And then, but the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. And if the Holy Spirit is not involved in the process, if their heart is not humbled, then we are helpless, you know, in, in that scenario. All we can do is just share. And I even like, I, I love the analogy about the Bible. And I also think that they also dismiss our testimony or our experience yes, because it's not something you can medically prove in a lab in a Petri dish. Well, yeah. I would say, you know, hold on to your testimony and use it because it is powerful. It is what will ignite that conversation when they see your passion for Jesus, when they see your love and what he's done to change you. You know, if you have a powerful testimony from, you know, coming from a drug addict and use that, use whatever God has given you and use it to give him the glory because they can't dismiss your testimony. They may not believe it, but they can't dismiss it because it's Amen. yours. And that's why, you know, in Revelation, they defeated him by the blood of Jesus, the, the power of their testimony and love not their lives unto death. And there is yeah. power in our testimony. And I also talk about, you know, it's, it's an experience, but it's also something that, uh, so like Disneyland, for example, I used recently in an example in a video is that I can tell people about Disneyland. I can say, oh, it's amazing. You know, this is how to get there. This is what the pictures are. And uh, this is what the rides are like. Yes. And they could say, I don't believe in Disneyland. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I can't explain, I can't, I can't explain an experience like Disneyland in words or even pictures. Right. You have to actually be there. You have to walk down main street, smell the smells, pay for the $5 water and then go to the <laughs> rides. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's infinitely a better example of Jesus, but it's something that, you know, I can point them to Disneyland, but they have to actually get in their car and drive there or fly there for them to actually experience. So awesome. Absolutely. And the last thing I'll say about that yeah. is, uh, and, and I heard you, I think, give that, was that in one of your podcasts, right? That was a recent TikTok video. TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. Yep. I saw that one and I was like, that is such a good analogy and such a very real world way to say exactly what I was thinking too. And it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, you can't explain away an experience, but also similarly, I don't know if you remember, I can't remember the name. Was it DC talk? I think, yeah. Uh, had a great song. What if I stumble? Mm 
Yeah. And at the beginning of that song, it said uh, the greatest, the biggest cause or something of atheism, of atheism yeah. is Christians yeah. talking about that. They say it, they say it with their mouth, but they don't live it. And man, yeah. is that not accurate? I Denying think. by their lifestyles. Yes. Deny yeah. them by their lifestyle. Thank you. I couldn't remember mm-hmm. that. Yes, exactly. And no, I that's so that true. And that's the other that's the other part of it is they're not going to believe anything we say if we don't live it, if we don't show love. Like, why should I? You're not giving me love. How do I believe in a God who's love if you serve a God who's love? You know, like Absolutely. mix the love with truth, but always live out the the what we believe and don't just put on a show. We, we don't want to win converts as like notches on our belt. We want to, yeah. you know, as Jude says, we want to snatch them out of the fire because we believe in heaven and hell. And uh, we honestly care for people. That's what, that's what the Great Commission is all about. It's not to make yeah. ourselves look better. It's really to save people because we know uh, there's our eternity at stake. Amen. Very well said. Awesome, Chris. Well, it was a awesome time chatting with you. If you want to let everyone know where they can connect with you and anything else you'd like to plug. Yeah, man, I, I really don't have much to plug. Um, I have had some really great opportunities recently. The, uh, the biggest one being um, speaking with atheists. Uh, I had a really good conversation, just a one-on-one with an atheist recently. Um, you can find it on YouTube just by typing in. I think it's um, Atheist Pizza Episode 3. Yeah. So that was with myself and uh, Pasta Mike, a guy on TikTok that's an atheist, but very respectable and reasonable. That's the kind of conversations I want to have. I don't want to debate. I'm not going to argue anybody into heaven, right? As you said, basically. And I agree with that. We can only plant those seeds, hopefully, God willing. Um, So that's, that's really the only thing I want to plug. I'm on TikTok, live for Christ, one instead of an eye on Christ. So I appreciate it, Tim, very much. Very grateful for this opportunity. Cool, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. I'll see you on TikTok. God bless you and your family. God bless you. Well, that is going to do it for today. Thank you so much for being here. Be sure to leave me a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode, as well as email me at discerningdad at outlook.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts on these episodes, as well as any feedback you have for season two, which we'll be approaching in a couple months here. I would also love it if you check out my book, Everyday Discernment. You can find a link in the show notes, which goes directly to my publisher, which I get a little more money for than Amazon, but it is on Amazon as well if you search Everyday Discernment. And for next week, we're going missional. I have a guest on. His name is Peter Lublink. He's an executive director for Bethany Kids. They help children in impoverished countries with medical care. We have a great conversation about discernment and about the importance of missionary work. Uh, Until next week, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time. Keep fighting the good fight.